Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live for the next hour. You, the listener, get to call in to the show and ask questions and give your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figs. I am your host. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you on this hot, hot day in Colorado. We find ourselves in the in the heat of summer, in the dog days of summer, as they say. And uh, we'd love to just uh, talk to you about the things of the Lord uh, as you call in. You heard the number, 303-690-3000. So give me a call and be live on the air. This is really your show, you the listener, you who are listening uh, live here on Grace FM all along the Front Range from Pueblo, 101.7 in southern Colorado, Fountain, uh, Colorado Springs up to Monument, and then also 89.7 in northern Colorado from Castle Rock, Denver, and Boulder, and Longmont, and Fort Collins, Greeley up in the southern Wyoming, and Laramie, and Cheyenne. I'd love to talk to you uh, about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got some questions about the Bible. Uh, maybe you got questions about some of the current events around us. How do we look at it as Christians or uh, maybe Christian living? Uh, I'd love to take you to the Word of God, give you clarity and understanding uh, as we go to God's Word together uh, to encourage you as you have prayer requests. This is a program not only to answer questions, but to bless you in any way that we can to encourage you and build you up. That really is the heart of this show, Calvary Live, and to be able to uh, just lift up uh, your prayer needs uh, to the Lord and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you to be able to do that and have all the other listeners joining in with us. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. There's another means for you to be able to uh, ask a question or to give a prayer request, and that's through texting, a text line dedicated uh, for you to text in a question or a prayer request, and that number is 720336 0897. And I would, if you're a regular listener to Calvary Live, which I pray that you are, uh, that you would put that in your favorites and your contacts and you can just pull it up and uh, you're able to text in uh, a question or give a prayer request. And as we have time uh, uh, on today's program, we'll get to those text questions and would love to be able to, to do that for you, especially this time of the year. It may be uh, where we get to more text questions because in the middle of summer, people are out and about, and um, sometimes the calls can be a little bit slow as we start the, the show. But I would encourage you, if you got a question or want to talk online, uh, grab one of those open lines right now at 303-690-3000. And again, welcome all the Grace FM listeners 
And then also we want to welcome the Hope uh, FM listeners on the East Coast and Truth FM. You are a one-week delay, but you can call at that number that I just gave to you, and you can be on the air, and then uh, a week later it will broadcast on your uh, station, either Hope FM or Truth FM. So I'd love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. Here it's been hot out there as well, and it's um, hot all throughout the nation. And uh, I pray that everybody had a good and safe uh, Independence Day, 4th of July, and uh, as we celebrate the birth of our nation and uh, the freedoms that we have. And I want to remind everybody that we need to continue to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leaders. Uh, we need to uh, pray for, um, you know, spiritual revival. Uh, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for a great awakening that will take place, especially as we are getting ever so close to the return of the Lord. Um, that is the hope for our nation. And so we want to do that. Matter of fact, let's do that right now. Father, we just ask, uh, as we just celebrate the, the 4th of July, Independence Day, the birth of our nation, you have blessed this nation so tremendously. And I pray that there would be a spiritual awakening. There would be a revival that would sweep through the land, through our leaders. We pray for our president. We pray for our leaders that they would look to you, uh, humble themselves towards you, um, that they would uh, look to your wisdom. And even as David would write, that some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord, that that would be our mindset. And Lord, that, um, that our strength is in you, how you've had your hand on this nation, but also we're concerned in the direction we're going spiritually. So I do pray, Lord, that, um, that you would pour out your spirit uh, the church here in America, I pray, would be committed to teaching the Word of God, um, to to um, standing for righteousness, and that you would work powerfully. And for us to remember that freedom truly comes by surrendering our lives to you, because it is sin and disobedience and uh, the world that holds us in bondage. It is only, as Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free our freedoms in Christ Jesus. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Again, give me a call, 303-690-3000. We are live uh, here with Grace FM, and I want to welcome all the Hope FM and Truth FM listeners as well. Uh, as you'll be listening, a uh, week delayed, but give me a call and ask your questions. And uh, you can text in at 720-336-0897 and text in a question. Matter of fact, why don't we go ahead and start with one of those uh, text questions. How does a Christian witness to someone who is not interested in the gospel message? And that is a very good question, because I think that most of us, if not all of us, that we face that. We can face that with family members, with co-workers, uh, with neighbors, uh, those who are linked to us in our lives, that there are those that we care about, and we uh, want to share the gospel and the truth of God's Word with them, but sometimes they don't respond. Sometimes they're hostile towards us. Sometimes they're just not interested, and uh, that can be very concerning. And I got a couple things that I'd like to uh, just uh, encourage you in, because I think that this is a question that a lot of us perhaps have, that Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthian church, Corinth was a very carnal city, and, and Corinth had a lot of idol worship and immorality and things like that uh, that was uh, taking place in the city, uh, but yet Paul's ministry was very dynamic there. 
And as Paul was writing his first letter to the Corinthians, he's talking about spiritual wisdom. Uh, he was dealing with their carnality, uh, but he, he talks about uh, spiritual wisdom, and he says that, um, you know, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The thing to keep in mind is that it's the Holy Spirit that needs to open up the heart of a person and an individual, uh, because uh, a person who has worldly knowledge or a person uh, who does not, the natural man, the unbeliever, in other words, uh, doesn't understand the things of the, the Spirit oftentimes. And you may notice that as you are witnessing to somebody and they just kind of got this deer-in-the-headlights kind of look. And so we always want to pray. I know for me a key is that when I'm sharing with somebody uh, or somebody is really on my heart that I want to continue to minister to, that I pray that, Lord, help them to understand, draw them to yourself. It is the Holy Spirit, as Jesus said, that comes to convict the world of sin, um, to, to, to that work and drawing them to Jesus. And it is Jesus that said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. And then also, Paul, <clears throat> when he was writing his second letter to the Corinthians, he said in chapter 4 that as he's speaking about Satan, he said that Satan is the God, little g, of this age, who has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And so in other words, uh, we are told that Satan loves the blind Uh, the eyes, the spiritual eyes of those who are unbelievers. So we want to make sure that we are praying, Lord, open their eyes spiritually, soften their hearts, draw them to yourself. And I think that is a good way to witness to them and to, to, um, you know, pray as we desire to do that. But there's one other thing that's very important. You may not be able to witness with words per se, but you can witness with your conduct and with your behavior and with the words that you speak in your purity, in your faith. Uh, it is Paul that told Timothy that, Timothy, you be an example in word and conduct and behavior and faith and love. Um, it, it, you're to be <clears throat> a an example in that way. And they may not be interested in hearing the gospel. They may not be interested uh, in reading the gospels. But are they seeing something of the reality of Jesus in your life? And so that's what we can do. Uh, We can certainly uh, be ones that uh, we desire to um, be a witness in the way that we live. And and that's a powerful thing um, to those, just loving people, caring for them. Um, We're not going to argue people into the kingdom. Uh, People don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care, and that there's something different about you. So I, hopefully that helps uh, as you text in that question. Hey, it's quiet out there. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. I know it's brutally hot out there. Last I checked, it's 98 degrees here in Greeley, and uh, so I uh, hope that you can take the time to give me a call or text in a question at 720 And I want to take this time while we're waiting for uh, a phone call or uh, a text question to come in that we'll be back in our Isaiah study uh, tomorrow night here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. And we're in the second half of the book of Isaiah, the first 39 chapters 
uh, is the first half of Isaiah, and then chapters 40 through 66 is the second half. Isaiah, of course, has been called uh, the mini-Bible. Just as there's 66 books of the Bible uh, that we have, uh, we have 66 chapters in Isaiah. And the first 39 uh, chapters of Isaiah kind of follow along uh, the Old Testament, a lot about judgment and God dealing with his people. And then chapters 40 through 66, you read a lot about God's tenderness and his um, His mercy and his grace and his love for his people. And and it's so wonderful. Uh, it, it's a masterpiece, uh, the chapters 40 through 66. So if you've never done a study in Isaiah, come and join us. I think that you'll be blessed. I, I think that you'll be encouraged. And I also encourage people, you know, Wednesday night, people uh, at this time of the year maybe gone on the weekends and camping and up in the mountains or whatever. Wednesday night's a good opportunity for you to be in fellowship. So the book of Isaiah uh, on Wednesday nights, we got a place for all the kids and for the youth and a wonderful time of worship and, and the study of God's Word in Isaiah. Uh, I'd love to meet you and your family and serve you guys in any way that we can. And then also on Sunday, we're starting this Sunday, a new study. We just finished the, the book of Hebrews, and the book of Hebrews is an incredible study. And as we finished it through the study, uh, I got a lot of feedback that there were people that said never really did a study in the book of Hebrews. And uh, so, um, you know, uh, it's an important book uh, for us to, to learn because the emphasis is Jesus, the theme is Jesus is better, and it was a wonderful study. But now we're going to go into First John, a wonderful epistle of the New Testament, and there's three things about uh, John's epistle. The emphasis is Jesus, and obedience, second of all, and then thirdly, love, loving our brothers. So I hope you can join us, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, uh, where we're located. And again, we have a place for all the kids um, on all three morning services. Well, we got a, a call in. Let's go to Wesley from Greeley. Wesley? Yes, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. A little warm today. It is. Last I checked, 98. Got a question for me, Wesley? Yeah, my thermometer says 98 as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to kind of shift the question a little bit. I, um, it's about democracy, and uh, why, do Christ, why do Christians get the idea that it's okay to participate in democracy when, in fact, democracy is uh, idol worship, elevating ourselves to the status of God, and making our own laws in favor of his law. Well, you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly uh, where you're going with this. You know, Wesley, I, I do know this, that the Christians, that we belong to another kingdom, the kingdom of God, and that needs to always be a priority with us. And one of the things that I desire to do is to continue just to teach the Word of God and give that to people you know, that this is how God desires for us to live. Um, just because maybe something, a law is passed in the land, or it's most of the people in our democracy approve something, it doesn't mean that God approves it. It doesn't mean that, 
God says it's okay. So the authority of the Word of God is, That's what is I mean. always, yeah, it's the always the... The basically says that democracy is not okay. But what makes Christians r- think it's okay to, to vote about things and pass laws? Well, it's a system of man's government, and, you know, when the Lord comes back and establishes his kingdom, it won't be a democracy. Um, It'll be the Lord that will rule and reign. But I think for us, you know, I appreciate our our freedoms. Aren't we supposed to obey our king whether he's here or not? What's that? Aren't we supposed to obey our king whether he is here or not? Yeah, we are. We're to walk in that obedience. And, you know, here's the thing. You remember in Acts chapter 4 that it was the apostles that stood before uh, the Sanhedrin council. They were the rule of the land. And they said, stop preaching Jesus. And they said that we're going to continue to do that. We can't but, you know, uh, speak to things that we have seen and heard. And if we're going to obey man or God, we choose to obey God. And that really needs to be the heart and the mindset of, of Christians. That, that he's the final authority, that his word is what we filter everything through and how we live. And just because the land says it's okay to do something, and we see that our culture and even in our land that there's more and more that's being passed that says that this is okay, this is lawful, doesn't mean that it's good for us. It doesn't mean that we're to get involved in that um, as Christians. Right, okay. So I think... Right. So let me get back to the first question I had. It was if a Christian is a police officer, if he is enforcing the local government laws, then then he's listening to man instead of listening to his king who says to love each other at all times. Well, I do know that Romans chapter 13 says that he sets those peace officers um, as ministers of God for good, in that um, well, peace officers, um, you know, law enforcement that they are ordained by God in the duties that they are given to them to do good, and that they are ministers of God in that way to do good. And so that's what uh, Romans chapter 13 tells us. What if they're not doing, what if they're causing harm to someone who hasn't harmed anyone else? That's not doing good, is it? (laughs) Well, no, it isn't for anybody. But, you know, I've been a chaplain for the sheriff's office for 16 years. And so, you know, it's like um, when it comes to pastors, there are pastors, you know, um, not every pastor has uh, fulfilled his duties in the way he's supposed to, maybe a police officer or any, any, you know, profession that's out there. And there's due processes when something has gone wrong. But for the most part, um, that the law enforcement uh, that I've worked with and that I know I very much support, and we need to support them, and we need to pray for them. I don't, okay, I don't Wesley? understand that you can support one government and support another government at the same time. Jesus told us that couldn't be done. Well, you know, you've told me that, but you're going to have to do a little better than that. Wesley, we'll just go around and around, um, but, you know, our peace officers are... Uh, uh, there for our good, and they're God's uh, ministers, and that's what the Word of God says, and I'm going to leave it there. So we're going to move on, Wesley, okay? All right, let's go to line two to Zane in New Har- Holland, Pennsylvania. Zane? Yeah, I'm here. How are you? 
Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's it out there in Pennsylvania? Uh, it's about as good as you can ask for right now. <laughs> is it hot yeah, and muggy out nice. there? Yeah, yeah good, I'm good. an Amish buggy right now. Oh, really? That's cool. I've never never been out in that part of the country. I heard it's very beautiful. Yeah, you can visit. It's really it's pretty nice. Yeah. Got a question for me? Um, yeah, I guess it kind of goes with what the last caller was saying. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the the people who are in charge, you know, like, for example, the police officers, they're placed there for, for good, right? I mean, they're there to, yeah. you know, uh, people that do well, they'll award, reward them, and people who don't do good, you know, they put them in jail. So that's right. So... I guess I'm wondering about something. You know, a lot of times you'll hear that, you know, if someone doesn't accept Christ, that they are, you know, it doesn't matter how good they are, it doesn't matter what they do, you know, they're going to eternal damnation. Right. Uh, so I guess I, I guess my real question is, you know, if, if God's placed people here to protect us for good, all right, and there are people out there who do good. You know, they're sinners like all of us. And, you know, I, it just doesn't sit well with me to think that God is just. You know, he's placed these people here to, to bring us justice when people do good and, you know, to, to bring them to prison when they do bad. But, you know, why is it that these people would be, you know, eternally damned, you know, over not accepting uh, Christ in that way, um, you know what I mean? Like, if God's well, just, saying, how is He going to eternally damn someone? You know that's that hasn't done these egregiously bad things. You know, I recognize that we're all sinners and we're all right. in need of a Savior. Um, it just seems to me that you know, it, it, okay. you know, we don't want to be telling people they go to heaven by works, but at the same time, you know, does God's justice really call for eternal hellfire? To, to a person who is not like an egregious sinner, someone that just, you know, basically lives a, yeah. what's meant to be a good it, life here. You know, the people okay, who... Okay, yeah. The, let, let, me, let me just interject, okay? Because I, I, I know where you're going with it, and a lot of people go with it, saying they have kind of that, that same kind of mindset that how can God send somebody to hell, somebody who's fairly good? Here's the thing that is important for us to understand what the Word of God declares, because... You know, I've had conversations with people almost every week on this very subject of, you know, they struggle with how can a loving God, you know, not accept me that I've done good, I'm a good person. The thing you need to remember is God doesn't grade on a curve. Um, The Bible says this, that sin came into the world. I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 5, and that's why it's very, very important that when we present the gospel, that we present it in a way that uh, before we give the good news, that there's bad news. And the bad news is, just as Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, that therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death and sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. So we're all sinners, and that's the problem. And the wages of sin, Romans chapter 3 declares to us, is death. That, that because of our sin that has separated us from God, so you can compare yourself to somebody else and think that you're a good person, and, and, and 
you know, I've witnessed a lot of people and, and they may be a good person. They, they're, you know, they provide for their family. Um, they're kind. Um, they uh, help and give money to charities, whatever it is. The problem is they're not good enough. And that's why we need the Savior of the world, Jesus. That's why he came and died for us. And Zane, here's the thing. Jesus said in the garden, if it is possible, as he prayed, sweating great drops of blood, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And what Jesus was saying is, is that if there's any way for a man or woman to be saved, if it's through religiousness, it is by being good enough. If it's by believing in another God, being smart enough, rich enough, if there's any other way, I don't need to go through the, the cup of suffering and death. I don't need to go to the cross, in other words. And that's why Jesus came, to take care of the sin problem. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again to provide forgiveness of sin and salvation. And if somebody comes along as he's our advocate, he's our defense attorney, he's our, he has provided propitiation, the satisfaction for sin, he made atonement for our sins, and somebody who comes along and says, I don't want that, then they will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and be judged for their works and they will be found guilty. That's what the Bible says. So it's not a matter how good you are because none of us are good enough. And you said it yourself that we can't work our way to heaven. It's by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And to remember that God, he is perfectly just. And I love what in Romans that it tells us that it is God that um, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And, and that uh, he says that after we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and who sent forth uh, as a propitiation Jesus by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. And we know that that therefore that we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And and here's the thing, that he is both the justifier and the judge, the just. Uh, He is the one that is perfectly just. He's the judge. He is going to judge sin, but Jesus came and took the judgment for you and for me on the cross. That's what the Bible says, and, and that's what we need to understand. Does that help, Zane? Yeah, I understand. I do understand what you're saying, and I know that to be what I've heard, you know, from all the, you know, any any church pastor I would have really listened to would have had a, a similar way of, of speaking about it. Um, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to go do a little more study for myself um, to read into yeah, and try it, to answer that question, because it seems to me like there's also certain of people who may believe that, you know, the Savior, like Jesus being the Savior, is like irresistible um, in that, you know, when he came and died for all, that meant, you know, all, like all-encompassing at the time. Um, you know, if he's put sin on the cross, then, you know, I, I don't know. I guess kind of like a, a universal it, salvation. Can. Yeah, the Bible doesn't teach a universal salvation. Those who reject him, the Bible's clear that... that you know, we have a free choice whether we're going to accept that. But Zane, you're asking a question that a lot of people ask, and I would encourage you, 
here's one of the things. Jesus said, I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of the world, for my sins, and then I'm going to be buried and rise again after three days. And for me, when I was asking those questions when I was young, I looked at the resurrection. The resurrection proves that he's the Son of God and validated what he did on the cross. And and look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who conquered sin and death. And that's where I would encourage you to turn to, Zane. You know, don't be afraid to search these questions, but people really struggle with this. You know, if I'm good enough, how can God reject me? I just had a conversation with somebody the other day on that very same thing. And it's important for us to understand what God has to say and to understand he proved his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So, Zane, thanks for the call. You know, call back. Let us know how it's going. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. But what you're finding out and ask any questions, feel free to do that. And I appreciate you calling all the way from Pennsylvania. God bless you. Hey, we're going to go to break. Um, Had some good challenging questions the first half. Uh, We're going to come back 303-690-3000. I think we have open lines and grab one of those open lines. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. I'm Pastor Jeff Biggs at Calvary Chapel Greeley. So glad to be with you and love to take your call at 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. You can text in a question as well at 720-336-0897. I got a text uh, uh, question, not really a question, but just a good um, statement or uh, comment on the uh, call that I had with Wesley, and I just wanted to uh, bring it out because I think it's a good point that Pastor, in reference to Wesley in his phone call, he was talking about, as Christians, you know, should we be involved in democracy or be doing what the government uh, says? And and, um, and and we didn't get very far with the conversation, but uh, in his phone call, does the Bible not also tell us to submit to the authority placed over us, which in essence is the government that is not being obedient to your God, to Jesus? We do know, again, I made reference to it, that we are to let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, Romans chapter 13, except, for, um, um, you know, uh, there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So there is um, subject to the governing authorities. It's interesting, Paul's writing that when Caesar Nero was in a power, and Caesar Nero was not a nice guy, and it was a time of persecution against the Christians. We know that Peter says the same thing, that we would be subject to the kings, to those in authority, unless it is immoral, unless it goes directly against the Word of God. but And then he puts those peace officers uh, that are in place um, to do good. They are God's minister to you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he's God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. I just want to say this. I'm very thankful for our law enforcement I am very thankful for you guys that are out there every day protecting our communities and um, that we can call. If, if something happens here at the church, I can call, and I know you're going to be there. 
and uh, and I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate uh, what you guys do. So uh, kind of a uh, just a follow through what we were talking about earlier. Let's go to Jamie in Colorado Springs on line one. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I have a relationship with a young lady. She's 30. She's Jewish. Um, We are talking about the Bible and the New Testament. And she spent about uh, seven years living in Israel. And what she came back to was the fact that she really believed that the Israelis are treating the Palestinians so poorly, um, and she is Jewish, but she was so distraught by the way she saw, you know, some of the Palestinians being treated and run out of their, run out of the land, not having a place to stay, not having citizenship. Um, and so, when we talk about scriptures and our support of Israel, it just made me start to wonder. It also, she said, Israel as a nation right now is extremely secular, not unlike the United States. Um, And I'm wondering if the Israel as it exists right now is the Israel that God calls us to support and protect, or is it maybe, I don't know, maybe people who are actually Mm -hmm. living and following as closely to God as they know how. Well, you know, I've, I've made se- yeah, I, I've made several trips to Israel and have uh-huh. talked to people. I haven't lived there like your friend has, and mm-hmm. you got to remember, you're talking to one person um, mm-hmm. that's kind of given their opinion. Uh, most of the Israelis are secular that live in Israel. Um, you know, most people, you know, think that uh, most Israelis are very religious. There are religious Orthodox Jews that live in Israel. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also, it's a land of um, where Arabs live there, Muslims live there. And I'll tell you what, Jamie, um, the Israelis treat the Muslims um, a whole lot. Um, you can travel throughout Israel. You can be safe. Arabs can become citizens. Um, it isn't that way. Go to Syria. Go to Egypt. Go to some of the other, you know, uh, countries, and um, and it, you know it, it's it, it's difficult. I'm not saying that everything Israel does is perfect, but what I've seen is even as they treat some of the Syrians coming over from the war, they they have um, done you know humanitarian aids. Um, you, you know they've done a lot of good. And matter of fact, I've heard stories of. You know, those in, in Iraq, in Syria, and other places, those, um, you know, Arab nations that are going through difficulty and it's hard, that they try to get over into Israel because um, it's so much better there. So you're taking one person's, you know, view on that. And, um, but it, one of the things that the Israel today is connected, I believe, to ancient Israel, and God has a plan for them, and um, and God is working um, in incredible ways that it's all going to culminate to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, you know, that's my take on it, Jamie. I know that maybe your friend may disagree, but um, 
you know that's that's what I've seen and and um and that's you know being over in Israel and, and having friends from Israel um, that again it's a difficult situation um, but um, you know you got the Palestinians and the Israelis and they're trying to figure things out and and um, but um, you know Israel is a, a place where a lot of people think that Israel's, you know, a bunch of Arabs on camels, you know, riding around shooting at each other. It isn't that way at all. Right. And um, so, so, but they do have their challenges. And I, I think it's important that you look at good sources and, and, um, and, in Israel and, and, you know, so I don't know. Well, I don't no, know if that satisfies her, I mean, you. It was because as a Jewish person, she was basically taught, you know, a certain way about the Palestinians, and I think that actually living there all that time, she, as a result of living there amongst the people, and she also has said that the people themselves do really get along. The Israelis and the Palestinians right. individually sure. really do get along together. It's just, she said, she, her take is that the politics of it um, really interfere with the peaceful existence of both of them. Yeah, um, and you know, I remember back in the '90s going through, you know, the heart of the West Bank, and you would see a Palestinian mechanic talking to, you know, a, a Jewish man getting his car fixed, you know, at a garage. That's very right. common thing. So, um, right. but you know, we pray for Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God has a plan for them, um, and you know, I applaud like uh, Joel Rosenberg and his uh, ministry that's ministering to the Palestinians. Um, because they need Jesus too, and right. um, and the Jews need Jesus, and Palestinians need Jesus, and, and the Americans need Jesus. You know, it we're becoming more secular too as a nation. So, right. Um, all right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Have a okay. great day. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Fix. Let's go to Dalton and Fort Collins. Dalton, can you hear me? Dalton, yeah, you're on Calvary Live. Gosh dang it! Hello, Dalton, you're on Calvary Live. Perfect. Um, I'll try to make this fast because I'm going through dead zones, but. I think you just went through a dead and, zone. Oh, gosh, dang it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can Hello? hear you now. Uh, Go ahead, Dalton. So, Dalton, I'm going to have you. Go ahead. Try to call back. What because it you're, is. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, now I can, but you're fading out. Okay, Um Jesus talked about giving Caesar what is his and all that, that verse and everything. And I was yep. wondering if you could use that as kind of an example of how we could be Christian and still right. um, follow yeah. the government. Yeah, and I think that's a good verse, Dalton, that you brought up. That You know, they they said, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? And, you know, they were trying to do it to trap Jesus. And Jesus takes a coin. It has an image of Caesar on it. And he says, render to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar and, and render to God the things that belong to God. And I think that's a good, you know, the people marvel that as wisdom. And we're told that we are to pay taxes. You know, we don't like paying taxes, but we are to pay our taxes. Um, we live in a democracy. You know, we're to be subject to the governing authorities. And 
And so that's what the Bible clearly tells us. And, you know, unless something directly, it's immoral, um, and it is directly against God's Word, we are to be subject to the governing authorities, and we are to pay our taxes. Now, back then, they paid a lot of taxes, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. but we are told that we are to do that. So a good verse, Dalton. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I just wanted to make sure I was kind of in line and uh, in, in the way of thinking on how you could justify being demo- uh, in, a, in a democracy but still serving God. Well, like you said here's, before. The, here's the thing. We get frustrated and... and now, not to turn political, but I'm thankful that I got clean water. I'm thankful for the streets that we drive on. I'm thankful for the services. I'm thankful for the first responders that are there. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for a lot of things that are provided for us through our you know, government, through our society. And uh, there's some things that I don't like. But as Christians, we are to be uh, a witness with um, how we conduct ourselves when it comes to um, society and how we live in our society and be a good witness. And that's what Paul and Peter writes about. You're going to be a good witness um, as you do that. And they were writing in times that was very difficult. So thanks, Dalton. Right. Appreciate it. Good, good Thank point. Thank you. You bet. Okay, let's go to Kathy in New Jersey, Hamilton, New Jersey. Kathy? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I am good. I, I had a question. I wasn't real sure of how we get our names written into the Lamb's Book of Life. Um, by becoming a believer. Um, as we are a believer, you're in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to try to find some passages for you. Okay. Revelation, when Jesus was writing to... Um, and I'm kind of thinking on the top of my head, all right? Uh-huh. So he's writing to the church at Sardis in Revelation chapter 3. And he says, he who overcomes, and do you do you know the def- definition of an overcomer? No. An overcomer, you can read 1 John 5, 5. 1 John 5, okay. 5 says that he who overcomes is one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So okay. he who is overcome shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Um, let me look at Psalm 69. So, you know, those of us who are believers, our names are in the book of life. Um, okay. That's what we were t- told there, that promise, for he who is an overcomer. And then let me look at Psalm 69. Again, I'm just kind of... Okay going off in the top of my head here. Uh-huh. Uh, and let me find it. Psalm 69, if I recall, uh, um, and I'll find it. And he talks about, well, he talks about the one who's been blotted out of the book of, of the living. Uh, Moses talks about the book of life being blotted out when he was praying up on the mountain. So every indication is is that we as believers um, are in the book of life. And okay, is there is there two books of life? Is there the book of life, and then there is there the Lamb's book of life, or is there just one book of life? You know, and that's a good question, and that is something that um, at the end of the book of uh, Revelation, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away the, his part from the book of life. 
from the mm-hmm. Holy City and from the things which are written in this book. It, and I'm not going to be very dogmatic, but what I'm thinking is, is that uh, that we are uh, going to um, that they're the same thing. Is what I'm oh thinking. okay is that the Lamb's Book of Life, the Book of Life, is is actually kind of the the same thing. So, okay. um, but I'd I'd have to look at that more closely. And okay. I've been asked that before, and and right now I'm thinking that they are the same thing. Usually what okay. people ask is, can you be blotted out of the Book of Life? That's usually what people right. ask. And okay. um, so uh, I think that, that um, you know, we can be safe to say that as you're a believer, you're in the Book of Life or uh, the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me look at something real quick for you. Okay. Uh, um there's eight references in the New Testament to Book of Life, so you know. Um, okay. Seven of the references appear in the Book of Revelation, and that's what I was reading oh, okay. to you from. Um, okay. Paul Paul refers to uh, those who labored alongside of him, whose names are in the Book of Life, Philippians chapter 4, and then I read to you Revelation chapter 3. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Revelation chapter 17 uh, clarifies when the names of the redeemed are written in the book of life. Um, he talks about that. Um, and so um, I think that we can say it's clear that the book of life and the Lamb's book of life are one in the same. And okay. this is what I'm reading from gotquestions.com. So, yeah, I think oh, it's okay. the same thing. Okay? Okay. Can you do me a quick favor and just say a prayer for my mother, Carol? who just had um, her second surgery done. Absolutely. Father, we pray for Carol. She just had surgery done. You know what the surgery was about, so we pray for recovery. We pray that you would bless her, strengthen her. And, um, Lord, we thank you um, that you hear our prayers, and uh, you are one that, uh, Lord, that we can turn to. So I pray for your healing. Uh, I pray that you help Kathy minister to her mom. And I thank you for her question, a good question. And I thank you that as we believe that we know that our names in, are in the Lamb's Book of Life and, uh, and that we have the promise of eternal life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Kathy. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Thank you too. Thank okay. you so much. We do have some time. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. And um, love to answer your questions the best way I know how. Challenging questions at times, but um, very, very uh, wonderful for us to be able to go to God's Word together. Let's go to a text question. How do we tell the difference between spiritual attack and mental illness? The world seems to label everything as mental illness, and um, that is a very good question uh, because um, sometimes uh, it, it, it can be uh, mental illness, um, and sometimes it can be demonic forces that are at work we see in the Scriptures, and I think that's, that's really what you're asking, um, is um, somebody who's b- b- uh, possessed by a demon. Demon possession is very real. How do we tell the difference at times? Sometimes we can. Um, and uh, so uh, it is, you know, takes discernment and prayer uh, in that way, but um, demonic forces are real, and um, you know Satan is working overtime. It's interesting in Second Timothy, chapter three, 
that as Paul is writing about the last days will be perilous times and the characteristics of men, he says that men will be lovers of self. Um, I'm going to turn to it and read it to you. But he says something very interesting in that, that he says that, uh, that know this, the last days will be perilous times. Men's will, will be lovers of money and boasters, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. He goes on and he says in verse 3, will be brutal. And that word brutal, it may be translated in uh, other translations as fierce. It is the same word. Paul borrows that same word from Matthew's gospel that talks about the demoniacs at the Gadarenes, that the demoniacs were very fierce. So it's interesting. Uh, Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. So, you know, it's, you know, Satan's working overtime and there's the demonic influence that is out there. Um, and sometimes we can't always um, know the difference. We need to pray and just, um, you know, it takes discernment. And I wish I had a better answer on it. But um, And then there are others that really have some mental disorders and, and, and imbalances and things like that, that that we can help. So let's go to Jesse in Comrade City. Jesse? Yes. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I am good. So I have a prayer request. Um, I just got a phone call from my wife and my son. Today's his birthday. He just turned 12. Um, uh, he has some stomach pain, and uh, we called the nurse's line, and they said uh, take him in. The, the symptoms he was uh, telling us and he has, it sounds like a, a kidney problem. Okay. So I just want to... And hopefully everything when we get there, it's all good. Yeah. And Let's pray. Some so good news take, Yes, please. You're taking them there now? I, I will be. I'm like maybe a couple minutes away from my okay. house. Let, let, me, let me pray so you can get them to the ER. So, Father, we pray for Jesse, his son. It's his birthday, but um, he's going to be taking his son into emergency, and it may be kidney problems. But, Lord, I pray that even right now that you would begin to touch and heal and bring comfort to him, that they get there safely, that you be with the doctors that are going to be treating him. And if you choose to use the doctors to bring healings, that they would be able to diagnose. And, um, and Lord, that they would just uh, very calmly get him to the ER and be able to, to um, have some answers and receive healing. Um, there's, it's, I think about um, how our children... Um, how hard it is when they're sick and not doing well. So I pray for Jesse. Get him there to the hospital. We pray for healing. Your touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Jesse. Amen. Yes. When time comes, you know, in the days ahead, call us and let us know how, how everything's going, okay? Okay, I will. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Keep praying for Jesse as he's headed to the hospital with his son, whose birthday is today. And it's always very difficult when we, um, you know, when we have children that are sick. Um, I want to um, go to a text question. Um, how do you become a believer so you can have your name in the book of life? This just came in. There's no name to it, but if you're listening, um, how you get your name written in the book of life or the Lamb's book of, of life is that you become a believer recognizing that you're a sinner that needs to be saved forgiven by Jesus who went to the cross and died for you. 
It is faith in him, and that's the gospel message. And that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, that it's important for us to understand that all of us have sinned. That's what Romans chapter 3 says. We've fallen short of the glory of God. And because we have sinned, it separates us from God, and the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. That's the bad news. And the good news is the gospel, which means good news, is that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins on the cross. He cried out, it is finished. He was saying, I've done the work. I paid the price for sinful humanity. He took our sins upon himself, and um, he, uh, dying for our sins, uh, would be put into a grave. He rose again after three days, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And so now we come in faith, and as we call upon the name of Jesus, recognizing that we're a sinner that needs to be forgiven, asking him into our lives as Lord and Savior, then our names are written in the book of life. So I pray that you who um, that uh, text this in, I pray that you know Jesus, and, and that uh, if you're listening, that give your life to Jesus Christ or anybody else that's out there. As, as we're ending the show, the hour, that the gospel, the good news is this, that Jesus loves you, he died for you, he rose from the grave, he conquered sin and death, he died for all of your sins, and the invitation is always to come. He says, believe in me. And, and as you come and call upon the name of Jesus, then you can be saved. So as you text in this question, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray right now. Um, and, and if you want to receive Jesus, maybe there's somebody else out there that's listening. I'm just going to say a simple prayer. And if that's you, that you pray along, that you want to be having your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, to have forgiveness of sin, have relationship with the Father, and it all comes through Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You can pray, Jesus, I, I come to you, and I confess that I am a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Uh, I believe you died on the cross for me. You were put into a grave. You rose again after three days, and I just thank you. Um, forgive me. I ask that you be my personal Lord and Savior, and um, I believe that you died for me on that cross, so I thank you. I thank you so much in Jesus' name for this new beginning, and I want to know you and walk with you. And listen, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, um, then your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So I pray that means something to somebody or you who text in that question, uh, that, uh, that you are one that, um, that you, you would have opened up your heart to Jesus Christ. Well, we got a few um, minutes left, and I'm just going to try to pull up uh, one of the text questions. Um, one of them is, and I'm just going to kind of read part of it, but uh, somebody who writes in and says they've been a Christian, uh, they've gone to church, you, you know, um, uh, on Sundays, read their Bibles, prayed, um, and uh, now that they're involved in, in something, um, that is sinful, and I would encourage you, and the reason this caught me is because um, I'm just going to read you a verse, and I'm not going to read the whole uh, text question that is there, but you who text that in, um, I want to give you this verse, and I think this applies to what you're saying from the book of Hebrews. And we went over this on Sunday as we finish Hebrews, but in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, but fornic 
fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Listen, he has called us to purity, all of us as Christians. If you're single, he has called you to purity. And any kind of uh, immorality, you know, sexual immorality outside the marriage covenant um, between a husband and a wife is sin. And so he's calling you to, to turn away from any sin and for you to look to him, um, to you to, re, to uh, repent of it, and for you to know that, that he desires for you to live in that purity and honor the marriage relationship that is between a husband and a wife. They are to keep that marriage relationship pure and undefiled. Uh, adultery is any kind of relationship uh, outside of um, you know the marriage relationship that you have with your spouse. Fornication is you know all uh, immorality that is lumped together. So I want to leave you with that. So hopefully uh, you'll you'll do that. You'll pray about that and do what God's word has to say. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, and I thank you, um, and I thank you for uh, your questions, good questions today. And um, just thank you for your calls and uh, everything. We we had some more text questions, and uh, and somebody just sent in, um, love Grace FM, what a gift! And I thank you for that comment. Uh, Grace FM is a wonderful, wonderful gift to us. And so be praying for the radio station. Be praying for all the teachers that are teaching on Grace FM, uh, and uh, that. God's going to use Grace FM as well as you guys listening on Truth FM and Hope FM in a wonderful way. Hey, God bless you. Have a great day um, and stay close to the Lord. Make sure that you're in fellowship this week with believers if you can, and we'll see you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.